Welcome to this Sunday morning's message podcast from Kingdom Faith. In the Bible school, the first thing that they learn is there are two six o'clocks in a day. But most of them, their day only starts at ten. <laughs> Thanks, Norton. Norton, you're a legend. What a nice camera go to Jessup's. Um, <laughs> on Friday, uh, there was three ladies there. I won't tell you who they are, it doesn't matter. There's three ladies there, and I just like I'm the only bloke here. I'm just going to pray. I'm just going to pray. But I actually got impacted through how the prayer was being prayed. Because it's been a while since I heard, have heard such a passion for women. So if you're a woman here, thank God that there are people who know God and know the power of God that are praying for you. Because what I heard was a passion, uh, an emotion, if you like. God, God, give these women what you want them to have. Bring them into the full stature of who you said. There was, I, I picked up no judgment, no criticism, picked up certainly no condemnation. It was just a passion. God, just pour out your best into these great women. The second thing that I heard was a confidence that came out as God, that's what you, you can do. Absolutely. And I was impacted by that. I didn't start crying, I, I'm not necessarily one like that, but I was impacted just through, I think that's how Jesus would have prayed for women. Yeah. That's powerful. The second thing that really impacted me was yesterday. We had a, a 90 or 10 meeting just around the corner of AJ 24-7 on another prayer time, and... The presence of the Lord, I mean, we have people that are supposed to lead these, but actually you don't need to because God does. Mm. At the moment, God is just coming in, he's setting the tone, he's setting the focus, he's releasing faith and confidence. And yesterday morning, there was eight, seven or eight of us praying for you. Yeah. And you can feel it. When you come in this morning, it's just everybody's up for it. Mm. Um, so those two things. So there's faith, there's passion. But I think God wants us all to experience and all to live in. Yesterday, there was just a real determination. Now, two things that came out before we get into the message, because it will help, help us. First one is whoever's in the room today, God is going to make it really, really hard for you not to hear him. <laughs> is that a, that's quite a good thing, right? I don't mind too negative there. But, but God was saying that because of his love for you, because of his passion for you, because of his compassion for you, he is determined to open up your mind, your heart, your, your life, so that you can hear from Jesus in the next 30 minutes. Amen. Amen. He has done everything that needs to be done to put your life on pause, on hold, so that he can just be with you for this next moment of time. Amen. Is that okay? Amen. It's an open heaven. The other thing that came out, and this was really cool, is that he will make sure, and he is, he is, he is making sure right now that all grace, say all grace. All, all grace. grace. What all grace means, grace means is that we get everything and we deserve nothing at all. Amen. But he's going to make sure that all of that becomes available to you and to me. Amen. And the only reason why he wants to do that is because he is who he is and we are who we are. We haven't done anything. We haven't been anybody. He is everything. Is that okay? So there's an open heaven. You're going to experience. I don't know how many of you know Jesus, how many of you know Jesus for ages. It doesn't matter. Your breakthrough, your victory starts 
today. Amen. Today all grace abounds. Everything that we're going to need for the rest of our lives is going to start to be downloaded today. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. That's why this session is called Victory Through Relationships. Is that okay? So you're ready for this? Because this might be a bit of a challenge for some of us, but it's a good challenge. It's good. Last week was about how has God set up life so that I can have a brilliant relationship with Jesus. Today is the second part of that. How is it that God has set up life so I can have a brilliant relationship with you and you with me? and us with others. Next week, we're going to look at how has God set us up so that we can actually relate to people who don't, maybe don't even know God at all. Is that right? So we're on a journey. So there's a scriptures that's going to come up. Scripture's just another word for the Bible. Bible verses are going to come up here because this is the key. This is the core message or the core scripture that we're going to speak about. It's from Ephesians 2. And it says something like this. But now, say now. now. Hello, John. Come on, you can do it. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away, that was us, that was you, that was me, people that don't know Jesus, it's still there at this moment in time, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace. That's just interesting how a while ago, just that sense of God's peace and presence came into the room. Did, did you pick that up? Yeah. Even if you didn't really know what was going on, you, you certainly would have picked up something was going on. Yeah. He has made two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. Just oh, explain a little bit about what this means. When, when, when... Um, the first physical brick building that God that was used to worship God was built in, in Jerusalem. There was a, a really small wall there. It, it, on one sense, it wasn't very significant. It wasn't very high. You could jump over it. Probably wasn't very strong. You could probably push it over. But on one side of the wall, you could go in. You could go in there whether you knew God or not. But on the other side, you can only go in there if you knew God. But the wall, the physicality of the wall, was never, ever, ever going to stop people getting over it. What stopped people getting over it was what was written on it. And what was written on it is if you come over here, God, the only true God, will sort you out. So physically, it wasn't a huge fence. It wasn't even a full circling fence. It just had it on there in the language of the time. This side of the wall is not for people who don't know God. You stay there. And if you cross over, God will deal with you. Can I just suggest, jury, the jury, that until we know Jesus, most of our relationships have a little bit of that in it. What are they going to think? What will happen to me? If it goes wrong, what's going to happen? And yet Jesus has pulled down that wall of division for us, with him, and for us with one another. And we're going to explore what that looks like so that you and I can live in victory through our relationships. God never made anybody to stay an island. He never made you to go through life on your own. He never even made your family to go through the family life on its own. He never made anybody to stay as a nobody. He made anybody to become a somebody. And that's you. And that's me. 
That's quite interesting. Mm -hmm. Isn't it? You look, you look interested. Some of you look interested. Some of you look as if you're going to be more interested. <laughs> oh, I'm hoping this is going to work because John's it's first time on his visuals this morning. It's the first time I've used John, but John's an expert. I, I trust John. But up behind me is going to become three different slates. Basically, I've just taken one piece of the Bible, quite a famous bit of the Bible, if you know God, from 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 to 8. And I'm just going to read out what it says in the Bible before the slate comes up, because it'll make more sense. 1 Corinthians 13 says this, at the, end, at the end of chapter 12, the guy that wrote it said, I'm going to show you the most excellent way. All right, so we're, looking, we're going to be looking at the excellent way. Verse 4, it says, love is patient and love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrong, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes and always perseveres. Love never fails. Mm -hmm. There is only one person who has ever not just been loving like that, but loved you like that, and that's Jesus. Amen. There is only one person in the entirety of creation who has loved like that and loved you like that, and his name is Jesus Christ. Amen. There is no one else that has ever loved like that, outside of Christ. When you gave your life to Jesus, if you've done that, when you give your life to Jesus, if you haven't done that yet, he will love you with that love, and he will love through you with that kind of love too. Because as I was kind of trying to explain on the baptism stuff, when we give our life to Jesus, my capacity to love is usually based on the wall theory. What if I love them and they don't love me? What if I reach out to them but they reject me? What happens if I try and befriend them but they let me down or I let them down? What happens if they're not really the person that I thought they were? But the love of Jesus is entirely different. Mm -hmm. The love of God is totally pure. Yeah. You understand the contrast there? We have the wall kind of approach to relationships. Well, I let them get so close but no further because they'll know what I'm really like. But what if they find out what I'm really like? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Is that just me? Okay, because I can remember being like that all the time. So if I only really knew, yeah, God does really know. And he still loved me, like we've just written. So up here, I've transposed. Now, I know transposition is normally a musical thing. Don't come and hit me if you're a Bible scholar. I'm just taking some of these scriptures, but I'm putting them out slightly differently. So on the left-hand column, it says, Jesus is patient. Is that okay? We just read that? Yeah. Jesus is kind. Jesus doesn't envy. Now, I don't know whether you see your Jesus like this or not, but this is the reality of who Jesus is. Amen. Jesus isn't proud. Jesus is not self-seeking. Jesus always protects. This is who Jesus is. This is who he was yesterday. This is how he is today. And this is how he will be tomorrow. 
Jesus always perseveres. I'm so thankful, I, ho I hope you are if you know God, that Jesus never quit on me. Amen. I'm so thankful that Jesus didn't give up when I blew it. Yeah. But he kept going. Yeah. I'm so thankful that when people are praying for us, they're not going to quit until they get God's answer. I'm so thankful that we've got men and women, young people and old people, who know God, who know Jesus enough, that when God says go and pray, they're going to pray and they're not going to give up. Because they want to be like Jesus relationally. There's a relationship in prayer. All right? We've heard about another relationship already on the video. We're going to talk about that in a moment. But then there's another element. Let's put up the next one, please. Wait. Now, if, if I've given my life to Jesus, here's some challenging realities. Yeah. Oh, everybody's laughing. I'm patient. Yes. Now, that might be more hope than reality. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. But this is the love of God that has been shed abroad, the Bible calls, says, in our hearts. Yeah. I, how many of you, particularly if you're a mum, maybe if you're a dad as well, this might be too funny, is you say, give me patience and give it to me now. Hallelujah. <laughs> but the reality is, is that relationally, you are a patient person through the love of Jesus, if you know Jesus. Or, you're a patient person with your own ability not to kill someone without Jesus. <laughs> I do not envy. I do not boast. Now you might be thinking, oh, that's, that's not my reality. Make it our reality. Jesus is really real. Jesus really died for you and for me. Jesus really gave his all for you and me. Jesus took his life back up again for you and me. And Jesus lives exactly like this today. And as soon as I put my trust, my hope, my confidence, my very life, as soon as I exchange my life with his, this becomes my lifestyle. Now, yeah, I need to begin to live it out. But at least I know it's possible. Do you understand that? I'm not self-seeking. How many of you... No, I'm not going to answer that. I'm not going to answer that. Because I'm, embarrassing. I'm not easily angered. Well, the people that know you the best are going to know whether that's true or not. But anger is another thing of the wall. It's a reaction. Oh, I don't like it. I don't, but come on, that's not the love of Jesus. And all these things which we have sometimes just an, an inclination to do, God is saying, no, you, I've got a victory there for you in that area. I've got a victory for you if anger is an issue. I've got a victory over that. If being a quitter is your issue, I've got a victory for that. If a lack of patience is your deal, I've got a victory for you for that. I always protect. I always hope. Oh, well, I, I, I was just been born and brought up and I've just been talking, you know, just, just lean on the bright side of life and the, and the cup's always half empty. Jesus' cup is always more than half full. So we have a choice. I can either live how God says I can live or I can live how I want to live. But if I live how I want to live, I'm going to keep shipping over this wall. If I live how God wants me to live, I jump over the wall. 
How many of you want to be a wall liver or a wall jumper? I want to be a wall jumper, don't you? I don't want to carry into my relationships a wall that says, you stay there and I stay here. I don't want that. Do you want that? Some of us, I don't know whether we really know what we want and what we don't want. Because when we start going through this, I always rejoice with the truth. How, how many people do you know? Maybe you're one of them and you don't want to admit it. How many people do you know that when you leave them, it, it's almost like your, your life, you, it's just you want to go and end it all. It's just like, what? What's all this about? <laughs> what? I was having such a good time. I just had a conversation with them. It's like, it's just like, like <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Sorry if it's not posh enough language for you. <laughs> We can be this side of the wall. It's like, yeah, Jesus set me free. I can love people. I can be patient with people. Yeah, I'm learning to do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be rude. Hallelujah. I, just, I, I, want to, I want to be rude, but I'm not going to be rude. I want to rip their head off, but I'm not going to rip their head off. Because that's my reality sometimes. Oh, hello. I'm, I'm going over this side. Hallelujah. Love always protects, my darling. Uh, always protects. I do not delight in evil. This is an interesting one. We can be over here saying, did you hear what they did? Did you hear what they think? <laughs> we can be over here saying, actually, I don't care what they think. I'm going to love them anyway. That's right. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Jesus broke the wall. He didn't just jump over it. He destroyed it. The wall between you and him is gone. The wall between you and the person next to you, it's gone. The wall between the per you and the person, he's dealt with it. He's dealt with it. So that's up the third slate up. There's another one, isn't it? Bud and Johnny nodded at the right time. That looks like the same one. It's love. Love, sorry. Love is patient. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Love does it like new. I think we've had that one already, haven't we? No, we have Jesus. Love always perseveres. So we have Jesus. He lived like that. He did all of that. Then I can do that. Why? Because this is the scripture. This is love. And we've got the one with all of them on it, which is a mind blower. You really have your mind blown. Look at that. Love is Jesus. Jesus is the I am and I am patient. That's a much easier way to work it out. Love is patient. Jesus is patient. I am patient. Does that make any sense? Now, when you put it out like that, whoever, however Jesus lived, I can live. How do I live like that? Because of the love of Jesus. Everybody say you should charge some money for this. It took me ages to do that. In Scripture, love rejoices with the truth. Jesus rejoices with the truth. I can rejoice with the truth. Is that good? Love always hopes. Jesus always hoped. I can always hope. Jesus' victory brings us from the left right the way through all those four columns. So that you and I can live like Jesus in this world. Yeah. Even though the wall might still look as if like, oh, well, you don't know my family. Actually, yes, he does. Yes. You don't know the marriages that, you know, that I've, I've had and broken down relationships. He does. You don't know when I've got close to people and made myself vulnerable and suddenly they've abused it. But Jesus does. Yeah. 
You don't know how timid I am and how, how difficult I find it to talk with people. No, but Jesus does. He isn't going to change his love because of us. He's going to change us because of his love. Amen. Yes, good. That's good. So here we see the whole thing. Love is kind. Jesus is kind. I am kind. This is again. Good. Yes. So that's, that's the, the bit out of the Bible. Now we're going to look at, okay, what does it mean then? What does it mean to you and to me so that we find victory is in our experience? Would anybody like to know that? Because yes. that's just slates on the, on the screen, right? You, you can't even take the screen home with you. It's too big. And too heavy. And too heavy. I believe there are three or four ways in which we can begin to express all of that to the people sat around us, to people that maybe we do life with. First one is forgiveness. Forgiveness breaks the power of separation. It breaks the power of shame, breaks the power of guilt, and it breaks actually the power of anger. The Bible says be quick to forgive. How many of you have had a journey like I have, which is I'm going to forgive when they've said sorry? <laughs> if I forgive them, they get away free. Is a wrong way of thinking. And for those of you that journey through the freedom, and there's still space to do freedom, you'll learn very, very quickly that one of the things about forgiveness or a lack of forgiveness is it's like me setting fire to myself and expecting you to die of smoke inhalation. That's what a lack of forgiveness is like. It's like me setting myself ablaze and expecting you to die of fume inhalation. That's what happens when there's no forgiveness. Forgiveness is not about letting people off. It's about letting yourself off. Come on. Love is kind. Love is patient. Love forgives. Love covers a multitude of sins. And how many of you have a multitude? I do. So forgiveness, it deals with hurts, woundings, whippings. Those relentless things that people just do and they seem to get worse and worse and worse. They represent words, actions, sometimes patterns and habits. Forgiveness helps us live in that victory that the love established for us. Mm. One of the very, very last things that Jesus said was, Father, what? Judge them? Forgive them. He said, forgive them, right? Come on. So I believe forgiveness helps you and me experience victory in our relationships. Be quick to forgive. Second one is acts of mercy. Uh, there's a few churches that we have the privilege of working with. The church one's a great one up in Mitcham. Um, every year, the senior pastor there probably visits about ten of the churches in Mitcham, East Moldsley, West Moldsley, Malden, all that place. And they call, they use arc acts of random kindness. They just go and do stuff for people. Why? Because kindness brings people to repentance. Mm. That's right. Do something for someone. Even if you think they're that side of the wall and this side, mercy brings us through. Find the person, don't, don't say who it is, don't write this down, right? it's not going to be a hand-up response. Write down that person who just winds you up all the time. Decide to do something for them. Very true. 
And there won't be anybody in this room who can't think of somebody, even if it's me right now. Hallelujah. <laughs> 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 I heard some people say amen, so just behave yourself. <laughs> Just think of that person who just is like, if you've got a phone, or if you see them on the street, or if, you, if it's on the phone, right, and, and, it, and it rings and a name comes up, what goes off inside of you is the first response to that person. You then decide whether you're going to answer it or not. Come on, let's not be stupid. Let's not stand on the wall saying, I'm in the middle. No, no. Jesus' victory is I can live free. I can live free from this stuff. Mercy helps me live in freedom. Just do stuff for the people that wind you up. Annoy you. Because love will always win. On the back of that, Acts of giving, sorry, acts of mercy, just go back a bit. That, I believe, helps you and me deal with the <coughs> lowest thing. Self-worth. Good work and reward-led changes to grace and favour-led. I'll help them if they help me. No, that's not the love of God. I'll do something for them. Because secretly they want to do, they want to do something. No, 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 that's not mercy. Mercy is I'm just going to do something for them anyway. Mm. Even if they throw it in our face. And how many people, if you read the Bible, how many people threw the mercy of God back at Jesus' face? Mm. But he still did it anyway. Mm. And I believe there's a, there's, a, there's a model there. That we, if we want to live in freedom relationally, we, we've got to kick some of these self-replaced bricks back that God never put up there, we have. Mm. That's right. Challenges the attitudes of people and leads to a heart and a mind change. One of the core values, convictions that I have personally about soul winning is I've seen hundreds, thousands of people give come to Jesus over 30 years. All, right, all kinds of different settings. But the ones that are the most fun are the ones that you've sown into for years. You prayed for them, you've been with them, you try to keep the door of your heart open, even when they do stupid stuff. And how many of you know that all of us do stupid stuff? Yeah. And then suddenly they say, you're a Christian, aren't you? Yeah, come on, ask question. And suddenly, boom! Now I don't know about you, but out of the thousands of people, that's not many, but it's enough to keep you going. Mums, dads, brothers, aunts, uncles, people that have just had a loss in the family, people that have just lost, maybe their work, people that have just lost. Lost people need saving. And just a simple act of mercy. I'll do that for you. Can open up the heart. The, the next one that comes on the back of that is an attitude of giving. So we just give, we just cultivate a giving heart. It's not just, well, I'm going to go and do something for that one that winds me up. This is, love, love just never fails, it never gives up. I'm just going to give. And I don't mean your money. I mean, you, we give of ourselves. Victory in relationships means I need to give into it. I need to give it time. I need to give it myself. I think this does a couple of things. It breaks the power of poverty. Well, I don't have anything to give. Yes, you do, you. And it breaks the power of lack. Because on the wall, 
People over here can never go in here because they lacked something. But Jesus has taken that all away. The Bible says that he has dealt with lack. He's dealt with poverty by loving it so much that it broke in the presence of it. All of you in this room, everybody in J247, everybody in United, everybody over this area of town, worthy, they all have a value to Jesus. Far beyond what we've experienced. They all are a good investment. We want to give it to people. It opens a flow, I think, of how we receive, how we reap, how we invest, and how we harvest. Giving is a good thing, but it's a, it's a decision. Love gives. Love always has an object, and it's always an object outside of ourselves. The fourth one, which kind of fits on the back of here, is we serve. Serving is another name that the Bible calls ministry. Some of us like a ministry. Yeah, well, good, God bless you. <laughs> because sometimes that's a bit of war mentality. I want to I serve if it's this. And Jesus will work with that. But he won't leave it there. Jesus says, no, I, I came to serve everybody in every way. So I want to bring you from serving in a particular way to serving in every way. Mm. I, I don't decide how I'm going to serve. I watch where service needs to happen and who needs to be served. I'll, I'll do that. Yeah. Do you understand that? Good, yeah. Just because I happen to be one of the leaders here doesn't mean that I only do certain things. Because actually that will wind me up. And I'm here to serve. I believe we're here to serve one another. There is a, a mentality in the world, and certainly in church, that someone else will do it. Well, it hands up to someone else. All right. There you go. Oh, someone will do it. Well, where's the someone? Now, you're the someone. Your life matters. Your life has significance. Your life matters to the person next to you. Your life matters to the people that you work with, the people that you journey with. Your life matters. Because Jesus has made it matter. But it helps us deal with, I don't matter, to actually, this person, he needs my I don't matter. I can do something for them. I can serve them. I can pray for them. I can give to them. But it needs to break us, I think, culturally in, in the world when there's so much done at the press of a button. I want to do something because my life matters. Let's start small. The Bible puts it this way. If we're faithful with small things, we become faithful with big things. I believe God only has big things for you and for me. He has big opportunities. He has a big task. He doesn't... He isn't a small-minded God. He's not El Chico. He's El Shaddai. Don't think, oh, well, how can God use me? Get off the wall. Just get off it. Because love breaks it. We've just got a few more minutes. I'm going to stop. Now, as we begin to develop these, so forgiveness, acts of mercy, attitude of giving and serving, things will happen. We get victory over selfishness. 
we move from being captured by it to capturing it. Mm. I'm not here for me, I'm here for somebody else. We find victory over selfishness. I believe that the choices that you and I make then make us. The choices that you make then make you. Sunday, I don't know how you chose Sunday to be, I chose it. Whatever choice you made will start to make you. Because we're standing on the wall saying, I, I, okay, I'm going to come to church as long as it's like this, 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 this. No, 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 no. I found in my experience that we never criticise that that we own. True. So rather than say, oh, well, I'll sooner have it, this and this and this and this, be part of the thing that changes it. Very true. Mm-hmm. Because we, church is not here for any individual, it's here for Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. This helps us to bring victory over selfishness, victory over opposition. We move from a defender of self to a defender of one another. Mm. That's powerful. Mm. Again, I had the privilege, not so much now, but used to, of, of chatting with people that have just come out of the services. Maybe they've been in Q8 the first time, or Iraq the second time. When you say, what do you do it? What's the politics? No idea. What's the resources? No idea. Why did you go there? For me, mate. Yeah. What? Why do you put your head above the parapet? Because my mate's there. Yeah. Uh, you can ask pretty much anybody in the service if you give the same answer. Aren't we in the service of the Lord? I don't know why you're here, I'm here for you. If I was here for me, I'd be at home. But I'm not here for me, I'm here for you. And I'm here for the other 102,000 people that don't know Jesus yet. And I hope you are a little bit as well. Is that good, Rory? So it helps us. We stop making excuses for our behaviour because it will become a barrier. And we start working with each other because iron sharpens iron. We start to work with each other so that we become a people of breakthrough. That's what God wants for you and for me. It's too easy to say, I'd mucked it up, I'm leaving. You you can't leave the body of Christ. Because we never put ourselves in there. We don't keep ourselves in there. Jesus does. Let's not become spiritual dropout. It helps us have a victory over loneliness. I mentioned this already. We move from island to nation. We become a part of the family that prays together, stays together, loses and wins together. Come on. That's what relationship victory is about. Is it's no good saying, yeah, it's all great. Let's have a great time with Jesus. And suddenly, oh, it's not, it's not. No, no, come on. Love never quits. Mm-hmm. Love never gives up. Love always perseveres. It brings victory over an orphan spirit. Yeah. We don't belong anywhere or to anybody. We've lost identity. We've lost our purpose. We've lost our destiny. No, no, no. That love captures your isolation and put it into something bigger than you. It's called Jesus. This victory also deals with our prejudice. We move from a preference to God's preference. Come on. I'm only sharing thoughts out of my own journey about finding out how does relationships work. I can tell you practically how they work here. Freedom Small Groups really works. We might start standing on the wall. But as we just come under the reality of who Jesus is and the fact that all these groups of people here, they get to know me even more than I know me, but they're still there for me. Mm -hmm. That's freedom. Mm -hmm. 
our regular small groups that, that uh, Phil was talking about. That's another dynamic. We can all live very easy Christian lives if it's just me and Jesus. What love demands, I use that word deliberately, but I cannot live out my love without you. We need one another. There are lots, I can't remember, there's a couple of dozen, little words, one another in the New Testament. I need you to live out this love. And you need me. And we need one another. It doesn't work with just one. It's got to be one another. Proverbs 27, 17, I've already mentioned this. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. It's cool. I, I thank God for the times that we just muck up. But let me put it right together. I thank, time, thank God for the Sundays when we have some great testimonies of what God's done. Awesome. But they're just as powerful when people just forgive one another. They just reconcile with one another. They just say, okay, I, 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 I recognise all this, this stuff, but I love you more than the stuff. I recognise all these things going on, but I'm going to love you through those things. Let's all stand up, shall we? Ephesians 4, 1 to 3. And this very much came out of one of the initial worship songs that we sang. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. You've received a calling from God. It's not a call to stand on the wall of indifference. It's not a call to stand on the wall of preference or division. It's a call to push through those things. And to reach out and love one another. Be completely humble. That's a big ask. How do you know whether you're completely humble or not? Find out what happens when somebody asks you to do something. That's the only way I found out, whether I'm a good servant or not, is when somebody says do it, what happens to the servant? And they know who I am. Yes, they do. That's why I've asked you. Be completely humble and, and gentle. Be patient, bearing. Say bearing with me. Bearing. Is it one another? With one another in love. Keep every effort to keep the unity and the peace through the spirit through the bond of peace. There is a unity that God gives Christians in His power, the Holy Spirit. It's not a unity of mind, it's not a unity of heart necessarily. It is a unity in the spirit though. Everything that we read out of the Bible earlier that came up in the columns is in his life, it's in his spirit. It's the spirit of love. Hallelujah, it's the spirit of hope. He wants to give you his spirit this morning. He's not expecting us to do all this without some help. Because he knows we need help, otherwise we wouldn't have needed a saviour. And then here's one of the last challenges that Jesus gave to his followers at the time, and I believe it's true today, it's from John 13. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. You are joking, Jesus. No, Jesus isn't joking. He's made that possible through the cross. He's made that possible through the resurrection. He's made that possible through the power of the Holy Spirit. He's made it possible for you and to me to live for one another. 
Just close your eyes, I'm going to pray. And as I'm praying, I'd like you just to consider a few things. Firstly, is there anybody that you just need to forgive? Forgive yourself. Mm. Forgive them. Is there anybody you just need to let it go? Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> because if you don't, you'll carry it and it'll whip you. Mm. It'll hurt you. No, just let it go. Be free in that relationship. Doesn't mean it'll be free from it, but you'll be free in it. Be free in it. Maybe you just had a bit of an attitude of, okay, well, I don't know what I can give. Well, thank God that your life matters. You are a person of significance. You've got time, talent, and treasure. There are things that you are, things that you can do, and things that you have, and they can all be given somehow into the purposes of God. Father, I want to thank you for the people here this morning, here in this room, in J247, in United, in Horsham, in Crawley, that you're speaking to us about having victory in our relationships. I thank you that you are the victory in those relationships. If there's any forgiveness that we just need to release, give us the grace, give us the ability right now to make a choice to forgive. That's what it is. If we need to go and have conversations with people after this and say, I'm really sorry, forgive me, give us the grace to do that if that's what we need to do. Because you've done everything that we can live in freedom. We don't want to hold anything back. If there's areas that we just recognise, yeah, I could give into that, I could serve into that, I could just do something for them, even if like, we don't get on, I can still do something for them. Give us the grace to do that. Give us the grace to do that, Jesus, because your love always perseveres. There's a sense of the presence of the Lord here. Can you feel it? When you, whenever you start talking about the love of God, the best way to understand the love of God is for God to come and show you. I was going to say this in a certain way, this next bit, because we're, we're just about a minute from time. I'm just going to do this slightly differently. I've had a few things written down which I think are really important for us to tell our neighbours. First one is this. I, I'm going to commit myself to love you in words, in deeds, and in action. L love is more than words. In fact, the Bible says don't love with words. Love with, love with deeds. We can argue that one later. But at this point, it may be for you... You just want to say, yeah, I'm going to commit myself to love the people around me. I'm going to speak well of them. I'm going to speak well about them. I'm going to do something for them. I will honour you. I prefer them to me. I'm going to see them as a child of God or as a potential child of God if they don't know Jesus yet. But I'm going to honour them. I'm going to value them. I'm going to defend them. 
and I'm going to serve them in a practical way. And I'm going to speak well of them, whether I'm with them or whether I'm not with them. Just have a little conversation with Jesus in your own heart. Maybe as we break in about 30 seconds ago on a tea and a coffee, maybe you just want to spend a bit of time here just to reflect on what God might be saying to you. Maybe just take somebody for a coffee, have a chat with them. There's loads of time to do that. But Jesus wants you and me to have victory in our relationships. One with another. That's good, isn't it? Isn't that good? Yes. Do you just want to thank him for his goodness? Just celebrate him and thank him for a minute. Thank you. Everything he's done. Taking down the wall of division. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com.